RP3 is ready to step his game up and pick up the mic for this edition of the Rep Game Podcast. Here is Raymond Parts III, a.k.a. RP3. When is a series loss on the road not really a series loss on the road? It is when you're the LSU Tigers and you stop the bleeding from a late-season slide. Welcome to the debut episode of the Rap Game Podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Parsa III, a.k.a. RP3. LSU baseball. Folks around here, to Baton Rouge, throughout the entire state. It's something they take extremely seriously, passionate about. I remember growing up in the greater Baton Rouge area, Prairieville to be exact, as a kid in the late 80s, early 90s. And the way I remember it is that baseball, for a brief time, was bigger than football at LSU. That was right at the beginning of the LSU dominance in college baseball. Skip Bertman had built the program throughout the 80s. They'd gone to the College World Series, had yet to win that first title. But the 90s came around, and boom, it happened. The Gorilla Ball era was kind to LSU as they won five national championships under the legend himself, Skip Bertman. Player after player, draft picked after high draft pick, future big leaguer after future big leaguer, came through Alex Box Stadium, the old Alex Box Stadium. If they weren't winning national championships in baseball, they were at least making it to Omaha. Skip Bertman led LSU teams, made it to Omaha 11 times in an 18-year period. 11 times out of 18 years. He set the bar so high, not only at LSU, but for all of college baseball. And yet, because he did that, anyone that follows him is going to be held to an extremely high standard, probably unrealistic. It's the same thing that happened at the University of Alabama for football when the Bear retired and then passed away shortly after retiring. It didn't matter who followed the Bear. The expectation was, this is what you do. You compete for SEC championships. You compete for national championships. You dominate your rivals. The guys that followed Bear Bryant could not handle that pressure and could not live up to those high expectations put on them, not only by themselves, by the administration of that school, and by the die-hard fan base. And that's exactly what's going on now at LSU for the baseball program. Smoke Laval, who God bless him, God bless him, agreed to replace Skip Bertman as the man in charge of LSU's vaunted, historic, world-renowned baseball program. Former Skip assistant, longtime Skip assistant, who did a very good job at ULM, or at that time would have been known as Northeast Louisiana. 
And he did okay early on for the LSU baseball program, right? Took him to a couple College World Series, had some really good seasons. Now they were 0-2, quickly eliminated those two College World Series, and that's when the grumbling began. And then the wheels came off of the program his last two years, and he was fired. I remember it because I was a headline writer at the time at the Town Talk in Alexandria, and I came up with one of the best headlines I've ever come up with. actually won an award for it. It was, where there's smoke, there's fired. I was very proud of myself. But Smoke was the guy replacing the legend. Just like Ron Zook was the guy that replaced Steve Spurrier at the University of Florida for football. You never want to be the guy who replaces the guy. right? right? You don't want to be the guy following the legend. You want there to be the buffer in between. So that was Smoke for LSU baseball. And then they went out and got pulmonary. A guy connected to the program. A guy connected to the state in his youth. Had done... Tremendous things everywhere he'd been. Air Force, Notre Dame. And what has he done in his decade plus here at the helm of the LSU Tigers baseball team? He's won a national championship. He's guided the Tigers to five trips to the College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska. One national title, one runner-up. In 12 seasons, Palmineri has guided the Bayou Bengals to five College World Series trips, one national title, one national runner-up. And just two years ago, they won 52 games and finished as runner-up to Florida. And if they hadn't lost Eric Walker, who was pitching phenomenally that season before injuring himself and having to miss all of 2018, they more than likely would have won that national championship. Last year was a down year. 39 wins, only a 500 record in the SEC. But they showed some grit, right? Towards the end of the regular season, they showed that they that they were proud to be an LSU Tiger. And they go on that run towards the end of the regular season. They get into the SEC tournament, and they advance all the way to the championship round of the conference tournament in Hoover, Alabama. They fall short of winning, but they do enough to get into a regional. And they went out to the Corvallis Regional and ended up being eliminated by Oregon State, the eventual national champion. So this year, we entered this season with immense expectations. It's the 10-year anniversary of the last national championship team there at LSU. You had multiple players coming back that had been drafted but didn't get drafted high enough. And a lot of that with Antoine Duplantis, former Lafayette High Star, and Zach Watson, Zach Hess. A lot of that was they were smart enough to let it be known to Major League Baseball teams, which you're allowed to do, that if they weren't drafted in a certain round, that they wouldn't be interested. They were not going to sign a contract with a big big league ball club. And that's why a lot of them didn't get drafted till later. It's a little dirty secret about college baseball and the and the Major League Baseball draft is that. that. There's a lot of discussion that goes on behind the scenes. But they had those guys coming back. Remember, ten, it's the 10-year anniversary of the last national championship team. You got those star players coming back. Antoine Duplantis is going to uh, catch and set the LSU mark for hits in a career. 
not to mention they had Eric Walker coming back off of injury, missing all of 2018. Josh Smith, terrific infielder, had missed the majority of 2018 with injuries as well. So you had those two pieces coming back. You had your draft picks coming back. And on top of it, you had the number one rated recruiting class in the country coming in. Guys like Landon Marceau, right-handed pitcher. Guys like C.J. Willis, versatile guy, outfielder, first baseman. Preseason expectations were ranked number one in the country or number two. Nothing short of a trip to Omaha was expected for this year's LSU team. And yet this past weekend, the second weekend of May, the program appeared to be in dire straits. Calls for Paul Maneri to resign or be fired have increased in the last few weeks. Why? The slew of midweek losses have piled up, so much so that they're 5-5 five and five now against in-state competition. Losing to the likes of Southern, McNeese State, Northwestern State, and others. But then, Paul Maneri drew the ire of many an LSU fan two weekends ago when Ole Miss came to town. Led by a former player and assistant coach at LSU. LSU got the win on Friday, but then Ole Miss responded, took care of business on Saturday, and then led by multiple runs against LSU inside Alex Box Stadium on Sunday. And LSU rallied back to back to back to back to back to back. It seemed like 17 home runs were hit in that ninth inning. The crowd was electric. And then they came out and gave up four runs in the top of the 10th, and Ole Miss takes the series. And the Rebels won in Baton Rouge for the first time since the Reagan administration in 1982. The sky was falling, and then it really came crashing down a few days later for the next-to-last midweek game for the LSU Tigers. As Louisiana Tech came into town and absolutely thumped LSU 12-1 inside Alex Box Stadium, ending a 32-year losing streak to LSU. That prompted... Another players' meeting, this time during the game in the tunnel. It didn't matter. They go on the road to face the top-rated team in the SEC West, the Arkansas Razorbacks, a team that despite having immense success, LSU has owned, just like they had owned Ole Miss, just like they had owned Louisiana Tech. And then on Thursday night, after showing no life, In the game against Louisiana Tech, they looked even worse on Thursday night as they lost 14-4. In that three-game stretch for the rubber match against Ole Miss, the Louisiana Tech midweek game, and then the first game of the Arkansas series, LSU gave up 45 runs in a three-game stretch. That was the most the Tigers had given up since coughing up 50 back in 1997. And that's when the screams of following, firing, rather, Paul Maneri increased quite loudly. They dropped game two in that series, too, on Friday. 
Lost the series. And then came what occurred on Saturday. Antoine Duplantis, Lafayette High, Mighty Lion, steps up to the plate and jacks a three-run home run. They end the losing streak. They stop the bleeding at five games. Not only did Antoine Duplantis hit the three-run shot, they gave them this just... Watching him hit that three-run homer and then seeing Todd Peterson go out there and throw four shutout innings after a year of where he was inconsistent and Pulmonary and his staff kind of went away from him, where you didn't see Todd Peterson at all. Remember, he was the life of the SEC tournament last year. That home run and Todd Peterson's performance, it's as if LSU got a shot in the arm, like they got some adrenaline. It reminded me of Pulp Fiction when John Travolta shoves the needle into Uma Thurman's chest, and all of a sudden she just pops up. All of a sudden, LSU, who had looked downright downtrodden and depressed and sluggish, all of a sudden looked like the LSU that warranted all the preseason hype. They ended the losing streak. They got the 3-2 win there at Baumwalker Stadium in Fayetteville. Todd Peterson was amped up. Got himself out of a bases-loaded jam. The Plantis got himself that home run. Now, on paper, you're thinking to yourself, well, no one cares. They still lost the series. They're only 31-21 and overall in the season. They're 15 and 12 in the SEC. That's still disappointing. And in the polls that were released today on Monday, they dropped down to 19, 20, and 22 in the three major polls. You're right. But LSU still has everything in front of them. They can finish 6 and 5 against in state competition. They welcome home the privateers to town. UNO comes to Alex Box Stadium Tuesday night, 6 30 first pitch. Then they have Auburn, a team that is a middle-of-the-road team this year in the SEC. They complete the regular season against the Tigers or the Plainsmen or War Eagle or whatever the hell they want to call themselves. They come to town this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday set. If LSU takes three of those four or all four of those games, then they're a 35-win team heading into the SEC tournament. And if they can manage winning a couple of games because they're LSU, because of the talent they have on that roster top to bottom, they'll host a regional. And that'll be an improvement from what they were last year when they had to go all the way out to Oregon to play in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So still everything is in front of them, despite the plague of arm soreness that has affected this team all year long, which is odd. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. I understand arm soreness is a problem throughout college baseball, and a lot of it is rooted in the fact that these travel ball teams with these kids growing up are throwing, having these kids throw way too much that they are just tearing the ligaments off of their damn arms. Okay, And by the time they get to college, all of a sudden, boom, their arm's tired or their elbow is a little inflamed. The root of what's going on at LSU can be traced back to travel ball. But that's a discussion for another day. 
They have been plagued by arm soreness. They have been plagued by everything that's been going on. Pitching has been inconsistent. Zach Hess has not looked good. He was Maneri's dude, remember? He said it at media day. That's my dude. Zach Hess is my dude. The dude abides. The problem was, the dude did not abide. The dude, in fact, did not abide. He struggled. He looked great against Georgia. And he looked awful other times. He belongs in the bullpen, and Paul Paul Maneri and his staff finally made that decision to put him in the bullpen. A wise move. The only problem is the rest of the staff has has to step up, and they haven't. Walker's looked better the last three weeks or so. He hasn't looked great. He does not look like the 2017 Eric Walker. And the reality is he may never. Landon Marceau has been up and down. He had some arm soreness issues as well. He's looked better of late. Still not great, but better. Serviceable. Cole Henry has been the most consistent best pitcher they have on their staff. But he's missed now three-plus weeks and possibly won't pitch this week for Auburn because of guess what? The arm soreness. The bullpen hasn't been great either. Devin Fondo has struggled, given up some leads. Pitching's a mess. The lineup has not been consistent either. They tend to get runs later in games instead of setting the tone early. Yet, in spite of all that, they still have an opportunity to do something great. And what occurred in Fayetteville could be a turning point for this team. I understand the people that are making the argument that regardless of what happens with the rest of the season, regardless if the Tigers earn a NCAA regional and even win that regional and get to the Supers and lose in the Supers, that there still needs to be a change, that the program is descending. It's not ascending. And they bring in a comparison that Pulmonary and Les Miles are very similar. There's some parallels to that. Absolutely. Both won national championships in their third year in Baton Rouge. 2007 for Les Miles, 2009 for Pulmonary. Both lost national titles to SEC rivals. Miles did so against Alabama. Maneri did so against Florida. And both had Power 5 conferences try to lure them away. Michigan, I think twice for Miles, and Texas for Paul Maneri. And both have drawn the ire of the LSU fan base. It's very true. But Maneri has his program in a better spot than Les Miles. Less miles towards the end would not change his offensive philosophy. Less miles had repeatedly been warned to change things, to do things. Joe Oliva tried to fire him and then backed out and then ended up firing him less than a year later in a spectacularly awkward and cringeworthy fashion. But by the time LSU parted ways with less miles, LSU had fallen down where they were not even competitive in SEC play. They weren't near competing for an SEC championship. Not only were they losing to Alabama year in and year out, 
They were losing to the likes of Arkansas and Ole Miss in Mississippi State. Yes, I understand the LSU baseball program is struggling, and you don't want to see them lose two or three at Arkansas. I get that. But this is also the same LSU team that took two of three against Texas A&M, who was ranked in the top ten, who took two of three from Mississippi State. This is still a talented team, and baseball is a different beast than football. And as for the in-state games, we're losing too many of the in-state games. Do you realize that in 2017, when LSU finishes national runner-up to Florida, do you know you want to know what their record was to, against in-state schools that season? They were six and five. They lost to UNO twice. They lost to Tulane twice that season, and they still finished as national runner-up. And you remember 1997? That was the year that LSU gave up 50 runs in a three-game stretch. Do you know what also happened that year? LSU lost to NAIA member Louisiana College, who wasn't even Division Three at that time. They were still NAIA. They gave up 50 runs in a three-game stretch and lost to LC that year. Do you want to know what LSU did that year? Oh, they ended the year winning the national championship in Omaha. So let's pump the brakes about the midweek contest. We just saw this two years ago. And pulmonary squad is always very good about turning a corner. They're very good about turning it on once they get to Hoover. And if they can end the season strong, build off of this win against Arkansas to avoid being swept and build that in, taking the UNO game Tuesday night inside Alex Box, sweeping Auburn or even taking two of three from Auburn, they're a dangerous team for the SEC tournament. And if you look at the SEC standings, besides Vanderbilt, who, by the way, lost to Missouri over the weekend. So they're not invincible by any stretch of the imagination. I wouldn't be surprised if you see LSU win the SEC tournament. But thinking that pulmonary should have LSU where it once was in the 90s to the early 2000s is irresponsible. I understand it from a fandom point of view, but it's irresponsible. Gorilla ball is no more. They change the bats, they change the balls. On top of that, majority of athletic programs in the country, in particularly in the SEC and the Big 12 and elsewhere, have invested millions upon millions upon millions of dollars into their baseball programs. LSU laid the template for everyone else, and everyone else looked at LSU and said, we want that at our school. How can we make that happen? Okay, we're going to spend money. They spend the money, they get the kids, the scholarship athletes to come there. And that's how you have all these other programs. It's just not going to happen. Should Pulmonary make some changes to his staff? I say so. Alan Dunn is a very highly respected pitching coach and a longtime associate head coach for the Tigers. But they don't have a single lefty pitching and now they've had back-to-back years of arm soreness and issues throughout fall and throughout the regular season. Is the training different? Do they need to make an adjustment? 
They can make a change at hitting coach. Sean Angico, the lineup has dipped every year he's been in charge when he took over for hitting coach from Micah Gibbs when Gibbs went on to a different role with the team. Gibbs last season, when they went to the College World Series, they hit 289 with 69 home runs. In the two seasons since then, LSU has hit 283 with 48 home runs. And now this year, before Friday night's game, they were 272 with 49 homers. Something's changed. I understand LSU fans are disgruntled. But Paul Maneri has earned the right with what he's done at LSU and the success that he's had to earn the right to at least have another season. Yes, is it, is it embarrassing for LSU to have to deal with losing to Ole Miss? Absolutely. Is it embarrassing to lose to Louisiana Tech and NSU and McNeese State and the Little Sisters of the Poor? Sure, absolutely. But it's not the end of the world. Regardless of what happens the rest of this way, the man's earned the right. And here's the other thing, and I've mentioned this on the air before. The man lost his father. He lost his father. I don't care how professional you are. I don't care how immensely talented you are and how well you can push aside your emotions about something. As someone who's lost a parent before, it lingers with you for months and years. That is the man that taught him how to play baseball. That is the man who served as the best man in his wedding. That is the man who coached him. That is the man who served as his best friend and taught him the love of passion, a game of baseball. That's the man who coached him. If you're telling me that Paul Maneri, every time he doesn't step out there, he doesn't somewhat times think of his dad and maybe drifts off when doing so, and maybe that's why he's not as engaged, is not as fired up as we've seen him in the past, it's going to play a role. Are you really going to fire a guy the year that he lost his dad during the season? For real? Just a few years removed from finishing as national runner-up? No. Now, I will say this. If next year we're having the same issues and they keep Dunn on staff and they do, he does not change up his coaching staff and we're a year from now and they're still struggling to be a barely 30-win team and they're losing series left and right and they're losing midweek contests to in-state schools, then I think you could warrant making a change. That's what Les Miles did not do. Les Miles did not change. He was warned to change. He didn't change. And it cost him his job. Is Paul Maneri smart enough to say, you know what? I need to tweak some things. I need to change how we do things. Maybe we need to recruit different players. Maybe we need to make sure to get guys that are going to be more vocal leaders. Maybe I need to part ways with my longtime pitching coach. I'm friends with them. But maybe i got to do something to change up this program, give it a spark again. We've lost some juice. we got to get back on track. If we're in the same boat a year from now, then LSU needs to make a change because then that will be three mediocre seasons in a row. And regardless if it's LSU or Northwestern State or Louisiana Tech, you can't have three mediocre years in a row. If it's three mediocre years in a row with early exits in the NCAA regional round without any SEC regular season championships and SEC tournament championships on the mantle, then yeah, this is LSU. It's a higher standard here. But that said, you have to at least give them a year to turn it around. And that's why I think and I feel that what occurred in Fayetteville on Saturday evening with Antoine Duplantis 
with that three-run home run. And Todd Peterson, four shutout innings. Just maybe LSU not only stopped the bleeding there in Arkansas, but maybe they've turned around their season for the better. That'll do it for this debut episode of the Rap Game Podcast. Thank you for listening. Talk to you later. 